Hey guys, today is North Texas Giving Day. It's a day when all of us around North Texas specifically help nonprofits and ministries do what we do best. Christians Engage is a ministry not just for North Texas, but for America. We've built the only 501c3 voter mobilization system in the nation, reminding Christians to pray, vote, and engage around every election. We also are building an on-demand video curriculum library, helping people get an on-ramp to civics, get an understanding of local government and biblical worldview topics like economics, justice, and more. Will you help us today, North Texas Giving Day? We have a huge goal to help Christians engage this year, and we need your help. Um, If you're listening to this message any other time, help us. Help us here at Christians Engage. We have to look for funding behind the scenes because our email system and our texting system are used for voter mobilization. So help us do the work of this ministry and help us grow as we get ready for 2024. We love you. Thank you so much. This message I'm releasing today is really special to me. It's on purity and holiness. And in a time when we are seeing political leaders Uh, man, government leaders from a local, state, and federal level, pastors and ministry leaders, business leaders falling into immorality, falling into places and not guarding over their own lives and their own families. It's a difficult time to watch what's happening in our nation. This cannot be us, church. This has to be, we have to have a different testimony than what we're seeing right now. So I want to call you to the place of that 1 Thessalonians and the Apostle Paul calls us to the place of walking with God in holiness and purity. It's a new day. So enjoy this message. I hope it speaks to your heart and draws you closer to Jesus. Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engaged podcast. I'm your host, Bunny Pounds, the president of Christians Engaged. This ministry exists to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower ordinary believers in Jesus Christ to do three things. To pray for our elected officials and our nation regularly. To vote in every election to impact our culture and to engage in some form of civic education or involvement for the well-being of our nation. So thankful, Bunny, for what you do. A lot of people talk the talk, but you really walk the walk. I love it, love it. Love teaming up with you, Bunny. So excited about what you're doing and the people you're reaching. And And I will stand and lock arms with this woman of God, Bunny Pounds, any day of the week. Bunny, you are a new hero of mine. America is worth it. Now is the time. America needs your involvement. Please take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. Join with a movement of other Christians that are doing these three simple things that can really impact this nation. Join us. Hey, everybody. It's Bunny Pounds, the president of Christians Engaged. I've been studying the book of 1 Thessalonians for the last few months, and I just felt led of the Lord to just do a special video concerning a message that the Apostle Paul brings out so strongly in this book that I feel like is really a message for us in this moment right now in America. It's a hard message to hear, so I'm warning you up front. We're going to go deep. Uh, talking about the Holy Spirit's work of sanctification in our life, but specifically touching on our sex life and purity issues. 
Uh, we've got a lot of issues happening in the American church right now. Um, but the grace of God is here to help us, to deliver us, to bring us into relationship in a deeper way with the Holy Spirit and with within that context, the sanctification process of being more like Jesus. So let's just read. I want you to open your Bible if you have a Bible close to you or pull it up on your phone while you're watching this video. And we're going to read 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 8, okay? The Apostle Paul has been writing this letter to the beautiful church in Thessalonica. He loves them. He cares for them. He yearns to be with them. He wants to be a spiritual father to them. He wants to see them discipled more. He wants them to grow. He wants them to be a witness to the world. Um, all of that uh, is coming out in this book. And I love this whole First and Second Thessalonians. There, there's so much leadership in these books. And there's also a yearning in the heart of the Apostle Paul for the second coming, for the coming of the Lord. And really looking at how we live our lives in the context of anticipating the second coming of the Lord. If we're a born-again Christian, we believe that Jesus died, was buried, and was resurrected. And through his death, burial, and resurrection, if we believe on that, if we confess in our mouth that Jesus is our Lord, not just our Savior, but our Lord, then we also were buried with him and are raised up to newness of life. That's the new creation lifestyle. That's what happens. It's an internal transformation in our spirit. So that's the context of what the Apostle Paul is talking about here, 1 Thessalonians 4. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus, that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Let me just stop there. What's the will of God for the people of God? The will of God, your sanctification that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this manner, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanliness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's a packed full passage right there. And the whole book is packed for exhortation to the beautiful body of Christ and what the bride of Christ should look like. Um, this is especially important right now for us today. Um, we're not separated, folks, from the body of Christ throughout history. The church today is not a separate entity that is not does not have to conform or have to yield or to this beautiful book, right? We've not outgrown these exhortations. <laughs> we haven't arrived, right? 
Um, these are just not old-fashioned ideals that we can now push to the side because we now have Sex in the City and Grey's Anatomy and Modern Family and every other TV and hit movie out there that tells us the exact opposite of what we just read there from the Apostle Paul. Um, but the will of God for our lives is spelled out here. The will of God, you want to know what the will of God and the purpose of God for your life is. The will of God is your sanctification. Justification, I know that's a big word, justification and sanctification. Justification is the idea that when you come to faith in Jesus, your spirit is reborn. You have been justified. You've been put in a right place before God. So when you go before the judgment seat of God, he's going to say, good and faithful servant because of the blood of Jesus, not because of what you've done, but what he's done. Sanctification is the delivering and the transformation of our lives from that place of justification. So we receive the gospel. We're born again by the Holy Spirit. We're become a new creature in Christ. And then the process of sanctification begins. The process of sanctification is always happening. <laughs> I wish I could tell you that you finally arrive and you become an awesome Christ follower and you look just like Jesus every moment. Um, unfortunately, that doesn't happen. But the process of sanctification is a work of grace. But ultimately, the goal of our life, friends, is for us to be like Jesus, for us to be Christ-like, for us to walk and talk like him in the world. That sounds like such a huge goal, but that's what the Holy Spirit's after in our life. And so if you're wondering what your purpose and destiny is, that is a vision you can look to and go, you know what? If there's nothing going else going right in my life, but I am seeking after God and I'm seeking after to be like Jesus and to let God work in my life, then that's a win. That is a win. Chronicles, uh, I'm sorry, Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You know, from the moment I was born again, when I was 13 years old, I, I, I love to say Jesus captured my heart. I mean, he really did. I remember in a darkened auditorium at a concert hall, just tears starting to run down my face when I realized I was a sinner. Here I was, a pastor's kid that never did hardly anything wrong. But I was a sinner that needed Jesus. I mean, I had lust in my heart. Uh, you know, I was 13. Come on. I had anger in my heart towards my father on some things. I had um, some issues that I knew were sin and needed forgiveness, and I needed Jesus. And in that experience, God transformed my life. Uh, he transformed my life, and I started to walk with him. And there was this instant hunger that took over my heart to know him more, to know his word more. And in that process, the, the process of sanctification began that day, began with his word and with that transformation. And so the Holy Spirit comes inside of us in that moment and starts working on the inside of us. It's an inside-outside work. It's not a transformation of, uh, you know, just external 
I'm going to make a choice. No, there's an internal transformation that happens. And out of that, you want to be different. You want to act different. And it leads to obedience and it leads to mission. Um, you know, I'm constantly be pushed. I mean, we're talking, you know, many, many years later. I'm not going to tell you how old I am. But many years later, after that experience of being 13, I'm still in the process of sanctification. God tells me to do something. I know it's him. And I have to obey, right? And I have to die to my flesh. And I have to overcome, right? We all are in that process constantly. But it's a renewing of our minds to be setting our minds on things above, as Colossians says, setting our minds because our life is really hidden in God and we want to see that life come out. Does that make sense? Um, That's the process we're on, and that is the will of God for us, the work of sanctification um, every day. And that's what the Apostle Paul is exhorting these young believers in Thessalonica. Uh, Don't stop. Don't stop. The will of God is your sanctification. The will of God is your sanctification. Now, we're having a lot of conversations in our culture about transgenderism. Hey, we did a whole series on that. We have conversations about the LGBT lifestyle and the the movement that's kind of overtaken our culture. Uh, We're having conversations about biological men playing in women's sports and that how that's causing problems with women. Um, there's all of these things happening in our culture that I think many of us 20 years ago were like, what is happening? How is this even happening? What is happening? There are things that are being, lifestyles that are being highlighted in our culture that we see some of it just coming out of nowhere. Well, it hasn't been coming out of nowhere. It's been fed through media, through entertainment, through, uh, you know, just really the airwaves promoting this to our children and our grandchildren. So, but even today, you know, in biblical times and even today, what Paul says here about abstaining from sexual immorality has to stand, okay? So we can talk about all of the world culture. We can talk about everything that's happening out there, but we need to look inside at what's happening within the body of Christ, friends. What's happening in the church right now? Um, How much sex is going on outside of the covenant of marriage? I mean, let's just be brutally honest here. What is happening uh, with lustful tendencies or lifestyles or habits that we have cultivated in the darkness um, that is actually keeping us separated Um, from the fullness of what God has for us, right? We're never separated from the Lord. The Lord, the Spirit in us, if we're born again, is always alive and always on this process of sanctification for us. So then there becomes a battle between the things I want to do in my flesh and what the Spirit is saying, right? But we are seeing within the church and the body of Christ and a rampant increase of you know, boyfriends living with girlfriends, people outside the covenant of marriage that there's no big deal if we're living together, if we're engaged to marry married, but we're living together, um, you know, spouses cheating on their husband or wives, pastors cheating uh, with a secretary or someone else, drunken stupors wandering into people's hotel rooms as ministers of the gospel. I mean, it's insane. I highlighted in a recent article 
I wrote for the stream a story uh, about a congresswoman uh, from South Carolina that went in front of a prayer breakfast and she pretty much just said, um, I'm happy to be here at the prayer breakfast. I tried to run in really fast. It was so important for me to be here. But my uh, boyfriend, who I'm engaged to, tried to pull me back into bed that morning. But it's more important for me to be here at the prayer breakfast. <laughs> and then she went on to talk about how, don't worry, I'll make sure he's taken care of tonight. Uh, it's a gaffe that she experienced uh, as a young believer, again, a new believer, I'm not going to judge her salvation. I'm not going to judge um, her her life. I mean, she's a member of Congress. She doesn't have a lot of time to study the Bible. She did this gaffe in front of her pastor. I'm not even going to judge her pastor for his discipleship methods. Um, but we have to look at this strongly within the body of Christ. I think it was a highlight, a spotlight to us in the body of Christ that we need to start looking at how are we bringing in people into the kingdom? How are we mentoring them when they are in the kingdom? Are we bold enough to talk to them about these issues, these purity issues? Um, you know, marriage between one man and one woman is a covenant. Their bodies and soul come together for the purpose of procreation, mission in life, and frankly, joy in the journey together. Um, but this gift of sex outside the covenant of marriage only brings the destruction that we see of the tearing of souls. Um, this causes deep pain and deep scars in people. And God's trying desperately to get our attention and to shout to us, guys, there's a different way. There's a better way. I'm trying to save you as a father, he's saying, from the ramifications of the things that you're doing. Um, the world will say, the world culture will say, you know, this is all fun and games. It's casual. Don't worry about it. It's just sex. It doesn't affect us. I'm telling you, that is an absolute lie. It's an absolute lie. Talk to anyone who's had a long-term relationship, a long-term boyfriend or girlfriend situation. Um, they have shared intimate relations, um, and they go through a breakup. And not only do they have to deal with the emotional toll, uh, but they have to deal with things on a deeper level because in the biblical sense, they became one flesh and they've now got to deal with that. Uh, talk to anybody who's going from person to person with casual sex and see if they're deep inside. Are they happy? Are they fulfilled? <laughs> Are they feeling good about their life? Are they feeling loved? Are they feeling uh, like they don't know who they are? Are they feeling rejection issues? There are a lot of things that happen. Uh, talk to anyone who, um, you know, goes through an affair, whether they were the one having the affair and cheating on their spouse or they're the one that are, is having to, to live through and get healing from someone else cheating on them. Ask them how they're doing. How is that affecting them deep down inside? Um, are they able to break free from it? Are they regretting it? Um, how has that helped the future of their relationship and their marriage and their family. I mean, talk to anyone who's experienced an addiction to pornography, which is absolutely an epidemic in our world today. Absolutely one of the things that is causing so much pain and suffering and identity problems and rejection issues in our world today is this addiction to pornography. It's so easy. It's on our phones. It's in front of us all the time, right? 
But talk to anybody that's experiencing that, and you, I want to hear someone say that they don't want free from it, that they think that that is just the way that they should live their life, right? Um, talk to any woman who's been domestically abused, who's been raped, who's been a, um, sexually abused at the hands of a man, and tell me that they, uh, you know, ask them how wicked and sinful those actions are and how it has affected them for the rest of their lives. Even as believers, they, they're getting healing, they're overcoming, but how they have to deal with the ramifications of those abuses and those uh, things that have happened to them that were not their choices. Uh, tell me that that doesn't affect them. Talk to any man or woman in this country that has either paid for an abortion or had an abortion, stopped the life of an innocent baby within their womb, or paid for that situation, or encouraged it, that that's not in the back of their mind at some times in their lives. When it's dark and it's quiet and they're reflecting on their life, that that doesn't continue to penetrate their thoughts. Tell me that it's okay. Tell me that there's no issue there. Tell me about every person in the country that's dealing with sexual transmitted diseases, HIV, um, having problems getting pregnant because of things that they've done in their body early on. Now they're married and having problems getting pregnant because of STDs and other issues. Tell me that they're not being affected. And then tell me that what the Bible says and what the Apostle Paul says here in 1 Thessalonians is no longer valid. I want to have that debate. <laughs> I want to have that discussion because I believe that there is a better way. I believe that the Bible's clear about there's a better way. Uh, when we have casual sex outside the covenant of marriage, it's impacting our body, soul, and our spirit. And it's causing deep wounds and pains and hurts. Um, that's why God is trying to save us from it. But here, and the Apostle Paul talks about possessing our own vessel, possessing our own body uh, in honor and not leaning to the passions of lust that this actually demonstrates our love for God and actually loving our neighbor, loving others. <laughs> Um, we actually show love to people by the way we respect them and how we respect ourselves and how we honor God through this. Um, you know, if if you're caught in sexual sin right now, you're listening to me right now, and you're I just nailed you on one of these um, that I just was going through. Show me, show me how the first commandment and the second commandment, the greatest commandments are actually being lived out in your life. Because I would, I would like to debate and say, I think your heart is divided. Jesus said in John, uh, in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands hang all of the law and the prophets. When the people of Israel came out of Egypt, uh, Moses went up to the mountain. He received the Ten Commandments from the Lord. Uh, those Ten Commandments can be split into two kind of divisions, how to love God, how to love others. That was ultimately how he created a people unto himself. That's what God was after. He wanted a 
a group of people, the Israelites, who loved him above every other thing. And he wanted them to love each other deeply. And that's where you see the Ten Commandments. It's like the practical wisdom of how to do that. Don't steal. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. (laughs) You know, uh, don't uh, murder someone. Don't kill someone. Um, All of these things, how to love God, not worshiping any other gods before him, keeping the Sabbath, remembering a day holy. All of these precepts and commandments really lives out this first commandment that Jesus said. The first commandment to love God with everything in us um, is the greatest commandment. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of sanctification in our life. Um, It's very hard to live in that place. I would just say you're not loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul and strength if you're dabbling in these other areas that's keeping your heart and your soul divided. It's actually dividing you from pure devotion to the Lord and keeping you from the place that he has for you. He wants to give you uh, that beautiful relationship here on earth that models that relationship between the Son of God and the Bride of Christ, right? Marriage is the perfect demonstration that we have of his love for us and our love for him. And so when we distort that view and we see that in our broken lives, when we distort that, there's something that happens on the inside of us, but there's also something that happens to us when we read these scriptures or we attempt, quote unquote, to be a Christian. Um, We are Christians. And if you're born again by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is yearning for you not to be divided and your heart not to be divided. He wants your full affections. He wants your full desires. And so I remember as a young person in high school reading a book called The Passion for Purity. It was by a woman named Elizabeth Elliot. Um, Her boyfriend at the time or her friend, Jim Elliot, they were in college together. They went on to become missionaries and Jim was a martyr. They went to a indigenous tribe down in South Africa and they landed in a plane and him and several other men were actually cannibalized and killed on the beaches of this indigenous tribe. But early on in their relationship, they were just friends considering being boyfriend, girlfriend, considering whether they were getting engaged, but both seeking the call of God on their life, yearning for Jesus above everything else. Elizabeth wrote this book about a passion for purity and her and Jim's really struggles, uh, conversations, letters, thoughts related to this topic. And it was so impactful for me um, that I could live my life like that, that I could live uh, set apart in a sanctified way, um, even in this part of my life. Um, And, you know, I was praying, God, give me the relationship you have for me. Give me the person that is going to walk with me in mission, that's going to understand who I am in the spirit, who's going to want to raise kids with me, who's going to want to be my best friend. And and that's what happened. Um, my One of my very best friends, Tim Pounds, um, we had known each other for three and a half years. And one day over pancakes at an international house of prayer, or sorry, international house of pancakes, IHOP, um, 
he actually proposed in the car to me. He pretty much just said, I don't want to hold your hand. I don't want to kiss you. I want to marry you. Okay. Wow. That's big. Um, and I literally started crying when he said it because it was like the fulfillment of what I'd been praying for for four or five years was happening in that pest control truck with, truck with him that night. And I knew that God had given me the desires of my heart. Um, we don't want to be the people that reject God like those who don't know him. We want to be the ones that receive him fully into our life, right? And we don't want to defraud others uh, and say we're Christians, but yet hurt them and bring pain and abuse to their life by not following what the scriptures say. And I could go for hours on all of the scriptures related to this topic, but I just wanted to highlight First Thessalonians 4 because it's so distinct but remember that all of our actions lead to impacting others, impacting our relationship with the Lord, impacting our relationship with our friends, impacting our relationships in our families. All of these choices that we make on how we're going to deal with this thing called purity or sex is going to impact our lives. It will. Um, sanctification is really played out at its core in this most important section of our life. Um, this is an important section of our life, and sanctification is very clear in this section of our life. Let's read, um, I'm going to read verse 8 again. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who has given us his Holy Spirit. We don't just receive this word. Um, if we don't receive this word, we're rejecting not just man's words, but we're rejecting the Holy Spirit himself. Okay, that's a, that's a heavy statement that Paul says here. The Holy Spirit is after our lives. Again, we've talked about this here. Sanctification and holiness. He wants us to be like Jesus. He is the Holy Spirit. His name is Holy have you ever thought about that? His name is Holy. Um, I like to, people talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, I like to just call him Holy. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Forget the the. He's a person. <laughs> He's one of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, Holy Spirit is a person. He's not just a floating spirit. He's a person the Godhead inside of me and inside of you, if you're a born-again Christian, that is yearning for transformation in your life, right? John 16, 7 through 9, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. Okay, I love how Jesus calls the Holy Spirit. Uh, and he sent the Holy Spirit down on the day of Pentecost. Um, he actually breathed on the disciples. Uh, and I believe the Holy Spirit impacted their life right then. Um, even while he was here. But when he was glorified, the Holy Spirit was poured out. 
And we know now that the born again lifestyle, we have the Holy Spirit within us. So the Holy Spirit is a helper. He's a helper. And again, he's after transformation in our life. He's not going to stop, folks. He's not going to stop. So if you wonder as a believer why you're so conflicted many times, um, why you're struggling, um, a lot of it is not yielding to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's trying to do his work. The grace of God is the empowering presence of God that enables us to do what we're called to do. And the the again, we read in 1 Thessalonians here, the will of God is our sanctification. That's the will of God. So the Holy Spirit's after things in your life. So where does it come down to? It comes down to repentance. It comes down to turning away from those things. And it comes down to allowing him, as Jesus becomes the Lord of your life, to empower you to live differently. A lot of times we think about justification and sanctification as two different levels, right? Uh, we come to faith to through Jesus through grace. Like we always talk about that. Man, thank God for God's grace. His grace leads led me to repentance. His grace led me to Jesus. But then so many of us come to faith and we throw out grace. And we say, I'm just going to get better. I'm just going to do things better. I do not want you to hear in this message, I'm calling you to do things better. I'm not calling you to do things better. I'm calling you to allow the grace of God through the Holy Spirit inside of you to impact your external life and your decisions and the way you're thinking about purity and the covenant of marriage and sex outside of marriage. I want you to think through that as it relates to the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you as a believer. Think about that. So are you going to turn off the voice of the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, are you going to turn off his voice? And are you going to go directly against that voice that you know is speaking to you as it relates to this topic? And just disregard that and say, sorry, Holy Spirit. I'm just not going to have anything to do with you today. I'm not going to have anything to do with you. I'm going to live the way I want to live. That's really what we're saying as believers as we are diving into sexual impurity and sexual immorality. That's what we're saying to the Holy Spirit inside of us. Um, what he's after, though, is the simple thing of just Will you turn over your will to me? Will you turn over and say, I can't do this on my own? Will you say, I need help? And you know what happens when you say that and you come to the Lord with a broken spirit? When you come to him with a poorness of spirit, you're like, I need God. I need his presence. I need his grace and his mercy. When you come to him and say, God, rip this uh, division out of my life where I have not loved you fully with all my body, soul, mind, and spirit, uh, help me to love you fully. Help me to love my neighbors. Help me to love the people in my life, some of them that I have uh, used as tools even in the sexual immorality uh, area where I've used to gratify myself. 
when the Holy Spirit gets ownership and you really submit your will to the Lord as it relates to this, man, something happens. A power happens. It's a combustion that happens. And there's a grace. There is a power. There is a freedom. There is deliverance. And that's the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel is not just calling us to external behavior modification. No, the power of the gospel is that he transforms us from the inside out. But there is a yielding of our will. We're not robots. God wanted voluntary lovers. He wanted people to sign up to love him fully from their own will. He didn't want robots going that just wait, worship God, worship God, you know. No, he didn't want that. He wanted people to submit their hearts and lives to him and their wills and say, I am going to follow Jesus. I'm going to turn my life over to him. And this is a daily, daily and weekly and monthly commitment to him. This is not just a one time I went to the altar and I gave my heart and life to Jesus. This is a submitting of our will and saying, I'm going to make Jesus Lord over every area of our life. And what happens then when we do that? The grace of God comes in. There's a power that, that turns us into Christ-likeness that where it's not as hard anymore. We find tools. We find relationships to help us get out of patterns of addiction. We find uh, uh, discipleship and mentorship. We find word of tools. You know, we're always highlighting them here on this podcast. Tools to help us break through into who God's called us to be. We have the word of God. We get a hunger for the word of God. We get a hunger for the place of prayer. We find a hunger for worship. And in that presence of those uh, beautiful things that he's given us, we start getting transformed. Things start happening. All of a sudden, what we desired yesterday is, doesn't have as great a hold on us. And what we desired a year ago doesn't have a big hold on us. That's how the Holy Spirit works, and that's how the grace of God works. But not esteeming the grace of God as powerful is how we cheapen its power. It's how we cheapen his power. We are people of grace. We are people that believe that the law doesn't save in and of itself, but the grace of God saves. So are we esteeming the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? That's the question. So as we close this out, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray for all of us <laughs> that these words from the Apostle Paul would go deep in our hearts and that God would transform us from the inside out. But church, it's time for us to submit our wills. It's time for us to submit to the grace of God as it relates to the purity of our lives and how we're living day to day before the Lord in this moment. Um, God's doing so much in the church right now, and I just want to encourage you to walk with him and let him set you free in every area. Lord, we just thank you for this message. Thank you for the word, uh, for our our moment uh, that the Apostle Paul spoke in 1 Thessalonians 4. God, let this go deep in our hearts. 
let this be a call for the next generation of Christ followers that will not be content to uh, let their affections go anywhere other than loving you with all their heart, soul, and mind and strength. In those places, you know the needs that we have, all of us have in our hearts and souls and our minds and our bodies. God, we thank you that you will fulfill those needs. God, we thank you for uh, putting single folks in families that can strengthen them until you bring them into a marriage relationship. God, we thank you for married people, um, even in trials and tribulations, never looking to the right or the left, never looking for something else that could satisfy but turning to you in those moments. And God, we thank you for the sanctification process. We turn our will over to your will for our life, which is that we would be sanctified, that we would come into Christ's likeness. And God, we thank you for raising up a pure and spotless bride in this hour. May you start with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us know um, how these messages and these podcasts are impacting your life. We'd love to hear from you. And I want you to, if you prayed that prayer, if you've really gone through this message and thought about these issues, I want you to tell somebody. I want you to tell a pastor, a mentor, uh, someone in your life, uh, a bro- another brother or another sister. I watched this message and it really um, touched my heart and life. And there's some areas that I'm believing the grace of God to impact in my life. Um, that's how we find healing, folks, is walking with each other and believing for the best in each other. We love you. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us for this incredible podcast. What in the time we've had. We love you so much. We love being in your life. Have you subscribed? Have you shared this with your family and friends? Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Rumble wherever you get your audio or video pods. We need your help. This mission is undergirded by individuals just like you that support this ministry monthly, annually, and whenever you think about us to be able to reach over a million Christians in the next two years. That's our goal. We want to empower a million Christians around America to pray, vote, and engage regularly. Will you help us? We're here to do that, and we need your help. I want to say thank you to our partners at The Stream. What an incredible online publication put out by James Robinson and Life Outreach International. As we come together across denominational lines as believers to discern what God's saying about the news of the day and to hear from different viewpoints. Check out The Stream, make it your homepage and get on their email list. This product is amazing. Also, our partners at Edify app, put out by Christian Post. This podcast app is a convergence of Bible teachers around America. We're excited to be a part of Edify app. Check out all their other podcasts. Thank you so much again for caring about this nation. We're here to help you pray, vote, and engage. We'll see you next week.